podcast. I uh, got some movies to discuss with y'all today. Got a couple TV shows, documentary, and we're going to officially conclude The Daily Laws by Robert Greene. It is the last day of the year. Oh, what a year it's been. Uh, gosh, getting kind of prepared for we're having a little party tonight. Nothing crazy. Lots of kids, uh, a couple friends. Uh, should be fun. I'm going to try to me and my wife just talk about which which New Year's show we're going to watch. Either Miley Cyrus's or Ryan Seacrest. We'll see. But uh, yeah, let's dive into this, shall we? I uh, I watched like six movies this last week. Some interesting ones, too. I'm going to kick it off with a, a movie called The Killing of a Sacred Deer. This is another um, production from the A24 company. Uh, I watched this on Showtime. And uh, I, I, I'm i going to kick it off. I gave this a four out of five, which was uh, interesting. It's, it's a very dark movie. Um, very dry. Uh, you know, it's got the same writer and director that did The Lobster, which I talked about before, which I fucking loved. Um, but this one's definitely different, but there's some similar. You could tell it's the same writer and director, but it's it's essentially about a young man who loses his father and he blames the surgeon who couldn't save him. Um, and he begins setting expectations for the surgeon to live up to. And when he refuses, the surgeon's family kind of becomes targeted, developing like paralyzing symptoms that slowly start to kill them. And that's really all I want to offer. Cause if you watch it, like there's, there's not a whole lot of big surprises. Everything's kind of explained to you in your face, but one at the end, it's just the way it's just really dark and disturbing. Uh, it was very interesting. I thought, it's got the the main character aside from Colin Farrell is the same kid that's playing the Joker in the new the Batman um, series that just dropped with Robert Pattinson at the if you watch the that extended end scene or whatever it was that they released uh, it's that kid which you can't really recognize him too well with all the makeup on him but but yeah it's on uh, it's on Showtime A twenty four has got a whole shit ton of movies on there and they're all just so interesting to me. I, I just love that company. I love what they do. Um, and let's see. The next one I watched was called How It Ends on Netflix. Uh, this came out in 2018, it looks like. I gave this a 3.5 out of 5. And since this is four years old, I'm not going to hold back everything, but I won't ruin it completely. I found this to be a really good movie. A few twists thrown out, uh, kind of out of left field with no like real development. But they were interesting. I got upset when I thought it was ending and was glad that it didn't. Um, I don't want to spoil that for you. I also appreciate the the actual ending much, much more and the irony of the ending. So that's really all I want to all reveal on there. But uh, Forrest Whitaker um, is in this movie. He's amazing as usual. And at first I didn't think that Theo James could hang with him, but he did okay. Um, I, 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 think, I think if... Theo James's character would have been played by like Miles Teller. This would have been a blockbuster hit. Like, um, just it would have had a different aspect to it. There were still some flaws in the script and the way they told the story, but it was really interesting. I really enjoyed it. It reminded me of like an odd blend of like Book of Eli, Hitman's Bodyguard, but not funny at all, and like Guess Who, but also not funny at all. Um, and they, they just all met up in twenty with twenty twelve and M Night Shyam- Shyamalan like brought us like part one of a movie series. That's kind of 
that's kind of what it was. And that's all I'm going to give you on that. So that's how it ends on Netflix. Uh, let's see. Let's see. The, the next one I watched uh, was called Last Seen Alive. Came out this year on uh, Netflix starring uh, Gerard Butler. And I really appreciated this because as I was talking about the How It Ends movie, I took an edible that night and I'm watching these and How It Ends like I said, there's an ironic ending to it, and it's very interesting. And where I I needed something where I kind of got more conclusion, so I I saw the preview for Last Scene Alive, and I was like, ah, oh, this is kind of like an action saving your saving your family movie, like your fucking Liam Neeson classic, same old story, but you know it's gonna end, and you know you're gonna get something. So I was like, I need something like that. So I hit play, and it gives you the ending right off the bat. <laughs> and I was like, oh, hell yeah, that's that's what I'm talking about. And that's always a bold move. But I'll start off. I gave this one a four out of five. Uh, both of these movies, the last two that I was just talking about, Last Scene Alive and How It Ends, got terrible reviews that I was reading, and I can I can understand why. I just I really appreciated them. But uh, another version of the, the infamous Taken plot, essentially, like it's, it was done really well, I thought. Uh, you know, the I think... When you offer the ending in the first scene, it's always very risky, but I think they played it out perfectly in this one. It's suspenseful, as you're trying to figure it out through the whole thing. A couple corny moments, but all in all, a solid flick. He's, uh, he's Gerard Butler's driving his wife to drop her off at her parents' house because she wants to take a break and you know gather her thoughts and figure her shit out. And as they stop at a gas station, she ends up getting taken, and he's trying to figure out what the hell happened and police are looking at him as the suspect and don't seem to be very helpful or taking it very seriously. So kind of starts doing his own investigation, but I, it was really enjoyable for me. Uh, next movie I watched called message from the King. Now this is from 2016, I believe starring Chadwick Boseman um, on Netflix. I gave this three out of five. I, I just kind of needed some, some Chadwick I, after watching Wakanda forever. I just, um, I wanted to see him in something I hadn't seen him in before, and so I was glad I stumbled on this. Uh, it's also got Alfred Molina in it. You know, this this movie, it had all the components needed to make it a great film, but it just didn't add up right. And at times the dialogue and action and story were just great, and then they would steer off into odd directions. I, 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 I did enjoy Chadwick in this role, but the movie itself could have been executed much better with everything they had at their fingertips. I mean, the cast, the production, the storyline, what they had going for it. They had all the elements to make it phenomenal, but it just didn't hit. So three out of five for me, but that's on Netflix. Um, the wife picked uh, a movie called Nanny on Prime Video last night. I gave this a 2.5 out of five. It had a had a lot of potential and could have been great if they maintained some focus on a storyline, but it was all over the place and nothing felt like fulfilled. Nothing, uh, and like it's never sure if this is a writer issue or a director issue, but it was a, a bit disappointing. They had a great production, the actors were all phenomenal in it. The story itself just never really peaked. You're, you're dealing with a, a woman who has moved to the states from, uh, I want to say she, I think she moved from Africa, but she was a teacher. She was teaching French and something else. So she's teaching the, she becomes a nanny for this family and it's just one little girl and the mom's got some weird stuff going on where it seems like she works a lot, but she's not very involved. And the dad clearly seems to be having issues with his wife, but he's not really, it's really weird just how that all builds. There's a lot of interesting tales 
within the movie that you don't really get anything of. And I think that's where they went wrong too. But then they wanted to turn it into a horror flick, which never really fulfilled itself either. It was just really, it was really strange how they decided to do it. She starts seeing all these weird images and having nightmares and, you know, it's adding up to something. And even the shocker for the ending was a good, it was a great concept. It just did not, it was not executed well. So 2.5 of 2.5 out of five for me for the nanny, not the nanny, just nanny. And of course, what you've all been waiting for avatar, the way of water. So I was supposed to see this on Christmas. My daughter got sick, so we didn't end up going. Uh, me and the wife got a date night uh, this last week, which was awesome. So good. So relaxing. But we went to go see Avatar. And I'm going to kick it off right here. I was blown away. And I was ready to have all the critiques, all the criticisms. I've heard people bashing it. I've heard people. I've heard the the shit about James Cameron's dumbass statements. I've heard everything I've heard it just thunder fern gully, fancy fern gully. Yeah, okay, whatever. This is a fucking great movie. I gave this movie a 4.5 out of 5. It's over three hours long, and it's incredible, incredible cinema. I was thoroughly impressed with this. Many folks discuss the plot of, you know, just, it's it's just uh, American history, what happened to Native America, all this different stuff. And they're not wrong, but this continues, and... You know, this this movie, we've been waiting a long time for. It's got not only the Fern Gully vibes, but it's also got some Jungle Book vibes. James Cameron even threw in some classic Titanic moments. And I appreciated it. I just thought it was cool. I thought it was I thought it was really well done. Uh, but that's not a good, you know, it's not, it's not a good selling point for the movie, I'm sure. But take my word when I say this. It was magic to watch on the big screen. I, I felt like I didn't blink once, and it was calming and exciting at the same time. And that's a beautiful thing to do. Uh, I cannot wait for the next one. Visual masterpiece, captivating experience. Uh, one guy I was talking to about the movie, he he sent me his, his rate, rating, and uh, he just said it was too predictable for him. And he's not wrong. Uh, the, the movie is quite predictable almost everything that's happening you could see it and they kind of paint the picture for you i mean they set it up to where there's not going to be any big surprises it's just about how it's executed and how how they do it and it's all setting up for the the future what three more movies something like that so so i i i didn't hold that against them for sure i mean i i get it i wasn't looking for any surprises in this one i was just looking to be kind of blown away and um, brought back into interest for it and i thought it did a I thought it did the trick. So I, but I highly recommend if you're going to see that, go see it on a big screen. You don't have to do IMAX. You don't have to do 3D, but see it on the movie theaters of some sorts. It was just visually incredible to watch. Uh, let's see. Moving on to some TV shows I was watching. So I caught The Witcher, Blood Origin, just came out on Netflix. Um, I, I watched both seasons of the Witcher, uh, and I, I, I watched them specifically because I just finished watching game of Thrones and I was sad and I wanted some more medieval vibes and the Witcher dropped. I'm sure they planned that pretty well, but it wasn't, it didn't fulfill, uh, that, that satisfaction I was looking for at the time, but it was interesting enough to have me watch both seasons. So I was like, Oh, I got to check this out. I actually, I really did enjoy this show. I think it's only four episodes and I appreciate that too. I like limited series. They're easier to get through and they're just, um, we don't need, we don't need eight seasons of everything, but I gave this three out of five. It was decent. 
my, my big issue is I observed five major moments where it was painfully obvious they stole concepts from the Avengers. And I, I also thought Baylor's beast was going to look like a dragon or something badass, but it ended up resembling like more like the creature from Antlers that hadn't eaten in a long time. It was just really weird looking, super disappointing. And my favorite part was when the elves got saved by the dwarf and they partied together. That shit was hilarious and just lots of fun to watch. Uh, but yeah, I, I have my, my things marked down for the Avengers things. I just don't, I don't want to ruin anything because it's such a new show. Uh, I'll talk about it another time probably. But yeah, five just major things where I was just like, what the fuck? You're not even hiding it. You just stole these ideas straight from the Avengers movies. Uh, let's see. I watched a documentary uh, called Don't Pick Up the Phone. And I will I will openly say I did not finish the documentary because I, got, I was not very interested. Uh, it just came out on Netflix. And I remember seeing this used as a storyline on the Law & Order SVU back in 2008. So uh, they that was the episode Robin Williams started, and it was phenomenal. But um, I was so I was familiar with the events to an extent. I didn't I didn't find it interesting enough to to keep going. I watched about half of the first episode, and you know it's such a twisted mind that goes it goes to show how incredibly gullible some people can be, though as well. You know how some cannot handle pressure of authority. You know, just the, the original case in 2004 was out of McDonald's and the manager called her fiance in to take over the strip search of this young woman and having her, you know, do naked jumping jacks and running in place. And then he ends up getting a blow job from her, which apparently once he finished, he then realized something wasn't right here. You know, it's like, what the fuck? You know, what a douchebag. These people that fell for this, you know, I don't want to just fault them like, but to an extent, it's like, okay, if I'm just I'm just trying to think of any reason in hell that if my wife was managing a McDonald's and called me and said, police are on the phone, they said they need a man to come watch this naked girl in here because she might have stolen a wallet. I just need you to talk to the officer on the phone and do what he says. Like, I, right away, in 2004, we should have been smarter than that by then. If this happened in the 80s or 90s, maybe I could see, like, a little bit more dumber sh- minds that haven't been exposed to so much i don't know this is just so pathetic to me and the fact that they were able to turn this into like a four-part documentary is like just ridiculous i don't like these four-part documentaries give me a one one episode documentary like it used to be two tops if it's like a really long story and it's really necessary cool but stop trying to just calculate your hours of watch time it's but people keep fucking doing it, so I don't know. I wasn't falling for it this time. Tragic, tragic fucking shit, especially for all the victims of this. Um, but, yeah, I have no sympathy for the douchebag that got his dick sucked by the poor woman who was being told to stand there naked and not be able to go anywhere. You're just a dumbass. All right, excuse me. Um, uh, Still watching George and Tammy. There's one episode left on that. I'm loving the show. I'm loving the story. It's so, so fucked up. It's on Showtime. Um, the story of George Jones and Tammy Wynette. Um, just uh, man, like it, it really is eye-opening to the the differences in how women were treated then, and the in the legal aspect of what they were not allowed to do. Not only the scrutiny of like public opinion, media, and peers, but just the law itself as well. It's just, uh, it's so sad to watch and just almost sickening with some of the things that 
And, you know, that's a famous person, <laughs> you know, uh, not just a, like an extremely famous person with a lot of fucking money. And you just, you just think about all the women who didn't have those privileges um, and what they had to go through. It's just, it's sad to reflect back and think about that shit. Um, but it's a phenomenal show so far. One more episode to go. It's only a six part um, series, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. And then I finished up. Uh, Fleischman is in trouble on Hulu FX. So eight episode uh, limited series. And it was, it was a wonderful show. It, it, it's, it really explores the realities of like relationships, marriage, friendships, and even ourselves, you know, furthering into adulthood and channeling your self-worth, you know, along with like empathy for others. I love the dialogue. Just one of those shows that it, it hits because it's real and it dives into things we struggle with every day. Work, kids, partners, peers, time management, and patience that's necessary to exist in this world of chaos. It's, it's, uh, there's no real crazy action. There's no real crazy drama. There's, there's nothing massive about it. No extremes. It's just, it's just real. And the dialogue, like I said, is so good. So Fleischman is in trouble starring Jesse Eisenberg. Um, and, uh, nope, not going to remember her name right now. Uh, oh, and they might be on here. Let me see. Um, yeah, Claire Danes and Lizzie Kaplan. They all did, they all did such a great job in this. Uh, highly recommend you check that out. Eight, eight episodes, all available on Hulu now. And, uh, gosh, I checked out. Actually, it looks in some new music. I don't do that too often. But uh, Baby Bash just dropped a new album called uh, uh, The Bash uh, the Bash Tones, um, The Mighty Soldies Nation. I think I think my guy said this is their third album. But that shit is so good. They're, they're bringing, they're rejuvenating the oldies vibes and soul music with current it's just it's so dope i love it if you're if you're into oldies you're into soul music you'll you'll really enjoy that shit check it out baby bash uh, the bash tones and the soldies um and then uh, my guy told me to check out ab soul's new album herbert he swears swears it is greater than kendrick's new album so i'll i'll be checking that out soon and then uh let's see books uh wrapped up uh poor dad rich dad i think i talked about that already um, and then of course we have, uh, me and my daughter still make a way on Chupa Carter, the George, George Lopez children's book. Um, I'm working on Trejo as well, still in the Will Smith book and what happened to you. I just got David Goggins new book, never finished. I got the, the physical copy of that. Cause I want to be able to go actually flip some pages. I miss that feeling sometimes. And then, uh, wrapping up the daily laws by Robert Greene, December 27th to December 31st. It's over, folks. It's over. I mean, it's not really over because we keep practicing them every day. It's just I finally from January 1st to December 31st. I can't believe I fucking stuck to it. I did it every fucking day. Uh, there might have been a time when I was sick this year where I had to do two or three in one day to catch up. But that's not I'm not even mad about that. I cannot fucking believe I actually stuck to this like I was. Looking back a year ago, thinking about the excitement of it, how many times I felt like that in my life with. Uh, you know, even resolution days, I don't do shit like that anymore. I didn't start my weight loss journey or tell myself I was going to wait till January 1st this time. I just kicked it off a couple months ago and you know, it's, uh, it was cool. I'm proud of myself. And so I'm going to wrap it up with them. We got a one, two, three, four, five final laws that we'll, we'll, we'll say, and then we'll, we'll call this episode over. So, uh, December 27th, we got, uh, a more Fati. And then we have the sky and the stars, 
and then meditate on the mysteries. Accept your insignificance. That was a deep one. And finally, the ultimate freedom, which was also a very deep one. Uh, a lot of the, oh, excuse me, a lot of the final ones really dive into the acceptance of death. And uh, it, it aligned a lot with just a lot of my thoughts lately on life and things. And But it's helping me grow so much in my um, my own like my own potential that I see if that may I don't I'm trying to think of how to, how I want to word that just the I, I think there's potential that we know we have or we hear that we have or we know we're supposed to think we have and then there's the actual potential we see when we sit and look at ourselves in the mirror and think about ourselves and reflect and this book really just helped me it helped me feel a little bit more intelligent and ready um with being alert and what to look out for, to check myself on certain judgments, to not just hold everybody uh, accountable to what I've experienced before because everybody's an individual. And it's just, it's really, it's really a great read. I really appreciate Robert Greene's work. I, I speak highly of him every time I talk about him. I just enjoy his books. And um, I'm looking forward to the, the new, the new year with some new chapters, some, um, some new uh, challenges, new opportunities, everything. So that that's a wrap. It's only a that's a shorter episode, but yeah, didn't have too much to go for this one. So I will be back. True Reviews Podcast. Thank you.